Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, a conversation where good thoughts help renew the mind with the Word of God. I'm Charlie Carter, and I'm here with Tim Little and Andy Stearns. Let's jump into the conversation. Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast. I am Charlie Carter, and I am here, and Tim Little is here. I'm here. And there's another. Andy's here. Well, hello. I'm here for actual once. <laughs> it's good to see you guys. Good to see you too. I really enjoyed your episodes. I've been listening to them. Uh, my my Siri, I don't know. My Siri just responded to what I was saying, and now she's doing it I, again. I don't understand that. <laughs> I turn it happens it off. to me too when we're podcasting. Well, so annoying. How do you turn her off, man? It's in your watch it, settings. What's yeah, but then what do watch? you do when you have to like you have a question? Well, I just I don't I don't like her. I, I she's always off. She's off on the phone too. You don't like we broke up. You <laughs> we broke up. Uh, oh my word! I didn't know I was in a relationship with her. <laughs> anyway, Apparently well, so so when Siri kicked on there, I didn't hear the banter between the two of you, but I trust that that was wonderful. And Andy, we're thankful you're here, mm-hmm. and. We have a wonderful podcast ahead of us today where Andy's going to talk about a book and Tim is going to give us a thought from God's word. But before we do that, let's give a quick summer updates. What's uh, been going on in, uh, we're, we're kind of getting ready for the school year or a couple weeks away. Yeah. Uh, so I posted all my classes yesterday, got them all published. And so now I, am working on some writing projects again uh this what august 2nd i presented a paper at the bible faculty leadership summit on the the title i'm just going to say that it's the relative significance of sex a study of the degrees of sexual sins in the old testament that wasn't quite the title but close enough and that's probably what the title is going to become um i haven't shared any of that data on our podcast but um and i don't know if i will We'll see. Um, but that's one thing I've been doing. And now I'm working on some magazine articles, a blog. Um, I was asked to write a blog article on burnt offerings uh, for the Logos blog, the Lifeway. Dude, um, awesome. Or, not Lifeway. Not Lifeway. But, yeah. Uh, but Faith the Logos or whatever. Yeah, the yeah, Logos that's blog. awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I wrote up some thoughts. I wasn't sleeping well last night, so I wrote up some thoughts. And... Um, yeah, we're working on the Fesher for Dr. Myron again as well. So, uh, we'll see what all of these things come to, but busy, busy. Well, my busy is, I'm busy too, man, but not the same way you are, but you totally scared me there. You said you posted your classes and it just, oh man, I got to post my classes, but actually shout out to my secretary, Megan Olson, who got all that stuff ready earlier in the summer for me. I just need to go through and check all my stuff, but yeah, I've got to post my classes. I have not, this is the first summer I haven't done any speaking or any camp travel in, I don't know, a couple of years. <clears throat> we, however, have been traveling. So we've been going to Iowa City every day for radiation listeners. So we drive, it's like about two hours of the way out. I mean, it's an hour and 40 minutes, but if you stop at all, uh, and Robin's getting radiation treatments, we're in the middle of week. I think we are almost finishing the third week the way it, we figure it and it will be a total of seven weeks 
So, um, how's it going? I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> it's hard to say. It's probably going the way you would expect it to go. Um, they have not done a scan yet to see if anything's receding or if everything's looking okay. So, uh, but yeah, that's basically been our summer is uh, treatments and listeners. If you think about it, just pray for us. This is a pretty intense <clears throat> situation and there's a lot of driving. Although um, that has given more time in the car for listening to stuff. So that's, I have listened to a little bit. It's funny. You think you're driving that many hours. You're going to listen to a bunch of things, but there's a lot of talking too. So uh, yeah, that's it. That's basically all that I've been doing and listening to Thinklings podcast, which I've really been enjoying. Charlie, are we going to do the ranking? Should we redo the ranking right now of Tim's puns from last week? Yeah. Can we so do let's, that? let's open that up. We had a number of puns from last week's episode and uh, we did ask Andy to uh, give a rating on our puns. And oh uh, boy. I'm going to see. Did you text those to me, Andy, or did you text? Oh, you, yeah. you it's I remember those. them, though. I can tell did I remember we, them. Did we, did we ask Andy to rate? Was it a well, we? It was in it was our group chat. <laughs> two so... one, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there, but I voted yes. <laughs> so the opening pun, which was the duet pun. Oh, that was you, so good. Do you remember the score you gave to that? Eight out of ten, I think. Because Eight it wasn't on purpose. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll, I'll read your comment. It oh, was really great. <laughs> but I can't go higher because one, it was an accident. And two, he clearly stated he never puns on purpose. And in such a way that he didn't think that it was a problem. It did. I had to, listeners, I had to text that to our group chat. But they, here's the thing. Tim's pun was so good. And he didn't even realize it. And then when Charlie pointed it out, he didn't like own it and take credit for it. He literally said it was like making an excuse for it. Like I never pun on purpose. Almost like he was holding his coffee with his pinky up because he's like, you know, hoity toity or something. Come on, man. <laughs> so anyways, I, I only I got to give that an eight out of ten. It was so good. But two marks so, off for not owning it. Pun number two was the. uh World War One blown up pun. With if you if you didn't read if you didn't listen to that, that was also accidental. Which but that I thought that was hilarious when that happened. Was, <laughs> here's here's Andy's comment, which I think is so funny. I didn't realize Second, you can read these comments on air, Charlie. This well, is great. <laughs> I, I screened them beforehand and I thought that they were funny. So, second, the World War One blown up pun was a five out of ten. Funny but too dark. And dark humor is like food in a communist country. Not not everyone gets it. So that's why I can't go higher. I forgot the communist country comment. So, <laughs> that that is a really good quip. To, and and that's like food oh. in a communist country. Not everyone gets it. So I got so I got two little things there. So number one, that is sourced from a friend of mine who used to post spicy memes all the time on Facebook. And he had this one of Stalin. It's like, you know, that picture of Stalin just sitting there. And, yeah. and, and it said dark humor is like food. Not everyone gets it, but you don't have to say the communist country thing because Stalin's there. Oh. But the the thing that really made that pop is I started a book on the Chernobyl disaster right around the time I was, my dad gave me this book on Chernobyl and I'm like, I'll read a little of it. It's really interesting. I'll talk about it sometime. But so I was in like this communist mood when I gotcha. heard, your, heard your pun and I was critiquing it. So that's good well, stuff. On How about you, Charlie? Note. What's going oh, on? Yeah. Oh, what's yeah. going on with you, man? Yeah, man. Hey, the blue cow waits for no man. And uh, <laughs> moving company is going really well. Had a realization the other day that our logo is a blue cow. And it's a really strong looking blue cow. I think to maybe make 
a customer think that we're really strong movers. But then I realized that a cow would be a female bovine. And so we're actually, our logo is a, is a woman, a very strong looking woman. And uh, I shared this revelation with some of my coworkers and we didn't know what to think of that. So maybe an unintentional thought there, but anyway, blue cow's going well. I have not posted my canvas class for the fall yet either. And so that needs to happen in the next two to three weeks. And um, speaking is pretty much all wrapped up. I've finished that. I did. My last thing was last night. In fact, we had an outreach event at our church where uh, we did men's steak and corn feed is the name of it. And just, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And we we did have a handful of uh, unsaved gentlemen there and. Uh, it's, it's fun because there's just people in the church that throughout the last couple of weeks would come up to me and say, Hey, I'm praying for you. And my first thought is, well, wh- why are you praying for me? I don't think any, like what's, what's going on that you need to be praying for me. I don't know. Did I share something that I don't remember? And, uh, and then they'd say, these two friends of mine are coming on, oh, you know, the, that Monday night. Great. And so oh, I'm praying, cool. for, praying for you as you prepare to share. And, and so that was fun. And, uh, had some really fun conversations afterward and probably the best moment of the night. It wasn't the best moment, but I always feel some apprehension, you know, when you're going to tell people, you know, you're a sinner and you deserve judgment. So you should humble yourself and trust Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, but uh, I'll review the book at some point, but in character matters, he talks about being kind and how kindness will manifest this stuff, manifest itself in a, in evangelism that, really the the kindest thing you can do for someone is to be hmm. honest with them and share that with them just plainly. And, uh, so we're, we're, you know, I, I was kind of nervous, you know, it's like you, you like to, you, people don't like to be told they're sinners. And, you know, so you're telling a group of people that and sharing the gospel. And I was going to share this point about, uh, how this is the first year in my life where the majority of my life is as a Christian. So I'm 32. And uh, I got, uh, I trusted Christ when I was 16. So I got saved when I was 16. And so I was sharing this point that, you know, this is the first time in my life that the majority of my life has been lived as a Christian. And, and the point of that was, you know, maybe it's 16 years, maybe you've been a Christian for 40 years, maybe you've never heard this in your life. You know, we're all normal guys. We all have a different story. Here's mine, you know. And when I said, you know, I feel like I'm kind of old, you know, and I'm, you know, I just turned 32 and the room just erupts in laughter. And there's one of our other deacons, Steve, and he had the quote of the night because he said, the shirt I'm wearing is older than you. <laughs> oh, wow. That's totally a guy comment too. It You've is. had a shirt forever and you just love it. And you're like, my shirt's older than you. <laughs> and I just, I just thought that was so funny, but I, I shared with a couple of guys later, that was my favorite moment because when you get, like, you could say something like that, that's not intended to be funny. And maybe like one or two people would <clears> think <throat> it's funny and laugh, but for the room to share and humor together, like that gave me the sign that they were listening. Yeah. Yeah. That they were yeah. that they were tracking with what I was saying. Like the whole room was with me and listening. And then that really calmed me down. It's like we're laughing together. And then just just can at that point just share genuinely with them. And so yeah, it was a good night. So that that wraps up my summer of, of speaking things. Hmm. And then hmm. now we're uh, kicking off our fall in uh, a couple of weeks. So really excited for the discipleship ministry at our church. 
Praise the Lord. We had, you know, um, Dr. Stroke came to our church this week, Charlie, mm -hmm. and he gave an update on the association he works for, the GARBC. Um, but he talked a lot about evangelism. And I remember thinking, this is really encouraging to hear about this. And it just makes you think that it's just good to be evangelistic. I know that sounds like trite and funny, but I do think churches need to to do things to encourage their people to be evangelistic. And even in our own church, there's been some evangelistic Bible studies that have been cropping up lately and people are trying to share the gospel and talking about it. And so I'm thankful you had the opportunity to do that big outreach event, but that, it might really spur more uh, yeah. in the church too. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a, it was fun too. And just being in a setting where you're around unsaved people and mm -hmm. we, we gather most of the time with, with other believers. And so it's good for us to like, we, I was at a gathering last week. It was mostly church people, but one or two, just, I think maybe one person was not a Christian. And uh, there's another uh, person in our church who's been building a relationship with a neighbor and that mm. neighbor is from another country, very different cultural background. And uh, that person in the midst of our group just says, I'm not a Christian. You know, I'm, I'm not, I haven't believed in Christianity yet. Just and, and, and the group hears that. And I think it's, it's good for us to hear people and to be around people who are like, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not believing what you believe, but I'm here. And so mm -hmm. I think that's, that's mm -hmm. a good thing. So anyway, on that note, well, actually not on that note and an unrelated note, we have some Thinklings business to tend to. Books and business. Let's talk about a book. <clears throat> Andy, what do you have for us? Okay. So a little background. I'm going to talk about a, I don't know if it's a kid's book or not. I think it's maybe like a teen book. Pardon me just a second here. So my son uh, recently got into a new book series and he heard about it from his friends at school and at church. And uh, so anyways, what I'm curious about, I don't know, Charlie, if you'll have read these, but they would have been maybe, I don't know, maybe during your era, <laughs> you're about a decade under Tim and I age wise. Um, but maybe not, maybe they're even earlier than that, or maybe you have to be even younger. Um, it's the Rangers Apprentice series. Have you read those, Charlie, growing up? I'm trying to figure out when this guy's books start dropping. I have not. Uh, okay, that... early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I, I couldn't. So Luke, or Evan's trumpet teacher, Luke Triber, shout out to Luke, by the way, if you're a listener, you're an awesome trumpet teacher. Um, He had read them too, and that just came up. So anyways, oh, go ahead, Charlie. So Luke, what, what was his last name? Triber. Yeah, so... I call him Triber. It's very similar to me to Treebeard. And so I've called oh. him Luke Treebeard for years. So anyway. Oh, yeah. no way. Well, when he took Greek, he, d he took the name Dunamis. Power. But it's because he couldn't find a word for the word force because he's Luke. He's going to use the force. So now I always know him as Dunamis. Oh, my. Like in, in my contacts, there's like a trumpet emoji, the word Dunamis, and then a trumpet emoji. So now I'm gonna have to put Dunamis Treebeard, <laughs> Tribeard so, maybe maybe Tribeard Tribeard. Anyways, you guys are horrendous. 2006 you know, was when the first book came out. Okay, oh, okay. 2006. So he, he he had listened he, or he had read those. Sorry, back in the day. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, Evan heard about him from his friends at school and his friends who are a little bit littler than him, or at least their last name's little. 
And uh, so he wanted to read him and we're like, oh yeah. So I can't remember. Oh, you know what it was? I think for one of the times we were going away to be in Iowa city in like March, April or May for chemotherapy where we'd be there for a full week. We wanted to do something like to give the kids some like an encouragement. So I think we gave Abby a book and Evan a book. And so we got the Rangers apprentice and he loved it. I mean, he just loved it. He could not put it down, but it also took him a little while longer to read. He blows through these books. He's reading the magic tree house and, Oh, I can't remember them all now. Dragon Masters. There's all of these kids' books that are like chapter books, but they're not very hard. This one took them a little longer. So uh, what I thought I was doing, I would just review it for the listeners. And then, Tim, have you read them or have your kids have just read them? My kids have just read them. Daniel's okay. read them all. <laughs> and actually, this recommendation came to us from the Alioses at Detroit. So it's kind of interesting yeah. how things kind of trickle around a little bit. So that, that'll make this even more of a spicy podcast. Um, so I thought, yeah, you'll see, you'll see. <clears throat> so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll read this too myself. And I loved it. And I, I just, I loved it. It was a great story. It was, uh, akin to Redwall. It was just a fun story. So let me, I'm going to give you a little overview of the book for listeners. I'm gonna, uh, talk about the background of the author real quick, and then I'm going to bring up an issue to talk about that I wasn't sure what to do about. And it might be something we'd all disagree on, but might be good for us to talk about just in how we think about what we're doing with kids and discipleship and that sort of thing. All right. So here's a little background. The author to the book is John Flanagan. He lives in Australia and the, the way this book came about is really cool. So in, I think when his kids were either in middle school or high school, his boys, he wanted them to read and he wanted them to get interested in reading. So in trying to figure out how to do that, he just started to write some stories, some fun stories. They were shorter. He wrote a whole bunch of fun little stories and it got the kids interested in reading. So here they are, they're reading books and he just had these stories lying around. And as far as I understand, a, a, like a decade or so later, sometime later, maybe 20 years later, I can't remember now. Um, either his kids said, dad, you really need to write a book. Or he thought I should turn this into a story. <clears throat> so he took all the stories, kind of stitched them together. And his very first book, the Rangers apprentice subtitled the ruins of Gorlon is that book. And that's how this whole thing started. So I think that's just really cool because here's a guy trying to get his kids interested in reading. So what does he do? He writes stories. He thinks they would like to read. And I thought that there's multiple ways you could get kids interested in reading. Um, I can think of three. Number one, <clears throat> read to your kids. Number two, uh, incentivize reading for your kids, like give them something, pay them something, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then number three, write a story custom tailored for them. Man, I had not thought of that. That's a good idea. So it's just cool. I think that's a cool part of the story. So what's the Rangers Apprentice then? Let's talk about the book. Um, it's a story. It's a fantasy story set in the medieval kingdom kind of a place. And there's lots of kings and kingdoms. Uh, there's there's a good king and a bad king. There's betrayal in the past. There's um, like like secret armies being raised, uh, that sort of thing. It, it's a really cool uh, story. You have a cast of characters who are um, like all kids. I think they're all about 13 and they're getting ready to become apprentices in their various fields. And you can become apprentice as a cook or a knight or a, um, a diplomat or a whatever. And the story follows this guy who wants to be a knight, 
but he doesn't get to be a knight and he gets to be an apprentice to these ranger guys. And so I don't want to say much more because I don't want to give away the story, but it's really cool. This, this, this young guy, he's, he's, they're all, he's an orphan and uh, he's, he's apprenticing with this kind of stonewall stone faced dude. who's kind of rude at times and kind of rough on him. Um, but through it, he grows and he learns and all the pain he goes through actually ends up making him a better, uh, better at his skill than some other people. And it, it's a cool story. It's a cool story. Overall, I would say it's a lot like Redwall. There wasn't a whole lot of, um, there was virtue. Like there's some good friendship stuff in the book. There's a really cool thing where these two guys are at odds and then there's a thing that happens. And uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but I would just say, listener, that part's pretty cool. Um, the idea of discipline and working really hard at something and then eventually that pays off, but not right away. That's present in the book. I thought that was really good. Uh, there's a number of like good things. I still would say it's closer to like a red wall than a wing feather. It's, it's, it's cool. It's got some stuff. So then what's the other thing I wanted to talk about? Well, mm -hmm. I don't know how I came across this when we were going to buy the book for Evan. I think I looked up reviews of it just because I hadn't read it. And a number of parents online said there's cursing or swearing in the book. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So um, in our family, we're not, you know, we're trying our best here. And so when we watch movies, we have this um, subscription every month called Clear Play. It's like a vivid angel kind of a thing where you can look up the movie, play it on your laptop, and then use your HDMI cable to put on your TV, and then it will cut out or edit out stuff that you don't want. And it's been really great. When we were watching the Star Wars movies, there's a couple of times it edited out sections of scenes where there were women who were just inappropriately clothed, which you would think in Star Wars, but, you know, anyways. It also cuts out any sort of a swear word. The interesting thing is that it's very expansive. So there's rude humor category. There's name of God or deity in vain humor or category. <clears throat> so you really have a lot of control and it does a really, really good job. So we've chosen to shield our kids from that for the time being. I should say something right now to the listeners. I'm not, I don't want this to bind your conscience and how you need to raise your kids. And also I would say that we're trying our best, but we understand this may not be the right approach. But I, I think biblically, I think I'm doing what I need to before the Lord to help my kids. I know one day they're going to encounter all this stuff. So this is not like a hide it from them and maybe they'll never hear it. That's not my point. My point is, as they're young and as they're being formed, I'm trying to shield them from seeing people who are in great anger <clears throat> cursing at other people. So maybe that image won't shape their souls. And we can work on the flesh differently. Now, maybe that's wrong. I don't know. I think that's my best option. I grew up seeing, you know, the the arrogant, vindictive uh, action figure just ripping out rage and flip and, you know, going off on someone. And then, hey, that what, what goes into my soul when I get angry at school or here at work and whatnot. So we're just trying. But, hey, maybe that's not the best, but I think it is. So now we're in a quandary. Like, well, what do we do with this book? Like if there's swearing and what kind of swearing is it? So listener, if you go to Amazon, you can just go to the book, go to the preview, and there's a little search box and you can search all the swear words you want. So I literally went in there and typed in every swear word I could think of. And the good news maybe is that the words he, that he uses are 
the I would say if you if you ranked swear words, it would be the lowest level swear words. <clears throat> um, if you're if you wanted to talk about feces or you wanted to talk about Hades, those would be the two swear words I'm talking about. And I don't want to say any more. So now what do we do? So I literally chose to go through, find the pages and just black out the words. I don't know if this is like tedious over the like who know who knows. We're we're trying to figure out what we do. Is this a time where we expose them to this? We're like, having these are wrong words. Um, so, anyways, we just blacked them out and then had a conversation with them and explained it. And what happened is it ended up being a really good opportunity to talk to my son about cursing words and swear words and why you don't talk like that. The problem is he he got the second book and I didn't have time to, I don't know if I forgot or something. So he he did have it in the second book. Um, the third and the fourth, I went through and edited it all out, and I just need to edit the second one. So anyways, we don't know if we, I mean, I think we did the right thing. I, th I think we were trying before the Lord on our conscience to do the best that we can. I know he's going to hear these things. Um, and some kids, it's no big deal. Their parents let them hear this. And, and so in your family, that's no big deal. But I would just say that we were trying our best. So I want to give it a ranking. But I didn't want to not, I didn't want to like wholeheartedly say, hey, this is great. Because I do think there are people who would be similar maybe to us and we want to be careful so my ranking is i would give this a six out of ten i really thought this was good it was a very good book i would i almost thought about putting it at a seven i was just thinking of books i put at seven before and i would say it's not quite as good as those from like a virtue moral standpoint there's nothing immoral about it. i just um i'd have to reread it again i'm not taking any marks away like my my rec my recommendation or my ranking is not related to the swearing or the cursing that's just a, a side issue to me. Um, but anyways, I don't know. Like, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? Maybe this is where this podcast episode gets kind of spicy. <laughs> what do you think about how I handled that? <laughs> Feel free to tell me I'm wrong. Tim? <laughs> See, I know Tim's kids have read him. So now I'm like, Tim's probably like, I can't tell him he's an idiot. <laughs> so I've talked to my kids about how they're going to run into inappropriate words and they know what those inappropriate words are. And we don't say those words. Um, and, um, and there's more that I've said connected to that. There's an episode on stories are soul food. I don't remember which episode it was when you brought that up. I was trying to find it, but they spe talk specifically about swear words. Oh, you told me about this. And violence. A while and ago. Um, just some of the, the things in this world. So my big issue is, is it shaping the affections of my children? Uh, so for example, we were reading, uh, by the way, uh, the Ranger's Apprentice series, I was selling them in the bookstore. But then when I learned that they had swear words in them, then I sold through them. I think there might be one or two that are left, but I'm not going to stock them <laughs> because they're not oh, Christian. Okay. Hey, that's so, interesting because we bought all four yeah. of these from the faith bookstore right but um now they're now they're not there so we had to order yeah, them thanks from for you. cleaning out my inventory i appreciated that no problem <laughs> so we we have another thing to talk about about bookstores but keep going tim so um for my children i uh, i think i'm more concerned how many times the romance is in even these uh, tame that books was the other thing i wanted to shape bring up. their affections i'm more concerned about that than yeah. swear words um, so it's a big conversation and something that parents need to be discussing and talking and having open lines of communication with their children about as you're preparing them for independence, preparing them for um, uh, dealing with the feelings associated with relationships, uh, which are growing 
uh, the age range for those books is fifth to sixth grade. They're they're good for younger than that. I mean, Evan's what like fourth grade or something. Or yeah, third? he he loved it. It it wasn't above his head. He right. he um like he started reading a Wrinkle in Time, mm-hmm. and uh he it was too it was too over his head, and he had to come and ask mom about some stuff. But this book he he read through the whole thing, and I think he he wanted to know what some things were, and we looked him up on Wikipedia or Google or sure. something like that. The C X thing that they use mm-hmm. and. But Daniel told me, particularly near the end, there's some romance that kind of develops in the series. And so okay. I see that as a great danger to the shaping of the affections of my children than the swear words. Um, but it's all part of a conversation where you're training your yeah. child's yep. affections. So you want to be interacting with them. So that's that's the other thing is when I read through the book, the 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 I would say that the romance had like seeds being planted or blossoming. And there were a couple of times where he's talking, it was very low level in the first book, very low level. But it made me think, I really need to read these all. Like I need to keep reading these along with my son because I want to know when that happens. Because I agree, I think that's the part, um, like cursing is wrong. You can say that's a sin, but having affection for your spouse is actually a right thing. It's just, this is the wrong time. And then that's what makes this topic so much more challenging is you can't say that's wrong. Don't, you know, you're, that's like, Hey, that's good. Just not yet. And also don't let that capture you yet. Don't let that capture your love. So, okay. That's helpful to hear back from hear from you. I don't think it, I think it builds towards the end, but there's like a few different series. And this is what I've run into is that the kids start being able to read this stuff way faster than I can ever keep up with. Yeah. So there's 12 books in the Ranger's Apprentice series. And the 12th one is the beginning of a new series. Uh, The Royal Ranger, A New Beginning is like book 12 and book one of uh, a new series, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Luke was telling us about that. And so then you you have that series and then you have the brother band chronicles and uh daniel's read through all of them um which i don't know if it's like 20 books there's six in the second series so 12 11 6 and then it's like seven or something so i can't keep up Mm -hmm. so just trying to have open lines of communication with them is kind of where i'm at yeah so so what was no, your was overall? Just, go ahead. What was your overall rating? I'm going to give it a a, a six. I, I really think it could have a seven. I it's just it the um. I think I've given a seven to some other books that I thought were better in in a, in a more deep way, like like help, like maybe good fodder for the mind. There mm. was like heroism and virtue and courage and things like that too. That's why I'm like I'm not sure if I think I'm going to say six, but. I, I, some readers might or listeners might hear this and think you only gave it a six. I'm like, no, that's really good, but I think it's quite a seven. Yeah, and there there's a couple of other books that are in a similar. There's a book that I'm going to talk about soon that has similar issues where hmm. there's clearly virtuous moments, but then specifically in the realm of cursing, there's scenes where uh, a grandpa to his grandson is like, these are words that we're okay to use as long as grandma's not around and like multiple times where it's like, we use these words, but not around grandma because grandma doesn't like these words, which is sort of teaching virtues. Like, 
recognizing that there's words that we don't use in certain contexts, but then almost glamorizes it in a, in a weird way. So anyway, um, it is interesting though, that you bring that up today because there has been a recent kind of pop Christian culture thing where the Southern folk artist writes this song about how the government really stinks Uh and and he gets this huge following. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, we're not going to name names, but you could Google it and figure out what I'm speaking of. And there's a huge like kind of Twitter outrage of like, Uh well, in his famous song where he then proclaims to be afterward, he proclaims to be Christian, shares the gospel with this huge platform. Well, in his song, he's cursing multiple times. And oh, a bunch wow. of Christian, a bunch of Christians are like, "Well, hold on here, like you want to be one thing, but in your song, why are you speaking this way?" And I think it's completely founded. Um, anyway, but uh, it, it is interesting founded that, that he is. I don't think it's an illegitimate argument from Christians to ask someone who okay says that they're Christian yeah, and then, and then, and let's I don't, unwholesome words. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I think that's yeah. reasonable for a Christian to expect that a Christian would not speak certain ways. I think that's very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, but Twitter kind of jumps on that and like, well, you're just a bunch of legalists and you know, da, 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 da. so it is interesting. You brought that up because that is something in our current culture, the Christian pop culture is, is kind of phenomena in the last, uh, month and weeks here can i can i ask just to confirm a couple things with you charlie is that the the christian nationalism national anthem that you're referring to it's yeah, not really the national anthem okay yeah we're it's it's the song about the uh it's like the people up north i can't think of the title of, it, the, of the song i just thought it was but, it was interesting that a lot of like i think is it stephen wolf who wrote the book christian nationalism he's like this is our national anthem is a joke but sort of serious and then all of the comments are like, really? Where is it talking about the gospel in Christ? Because the song literally, it seems like it's kind of vapid in those eight ways. And then it doesn't even mention that. And then it has swearing words. And I did, I did, I did see a little yeah. bit of that and thought that's kind of, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, about the movement. I don't want to name it. I don't want to name the song or name the author of it, mm-hmm. but it, the, the title of his famous song is like, the wealthy people north of us who control everything. So he's speaking about the government and then very, very blatantly in, in, in curse words is describing them, you know? And, mm. and so uh, it's, it's not, honestly, it's not extravagant. It's not like certain types of songs where it's like every other word, but uh, I did think it's funny that I listened to it and my initial reaction was, Oh, okay. And I, I had no idea of the background to it. Of like, are you guys familiar with Doug Wilson and his view on swearing and all of that? No, because that's what you're getting into when you're jumping into the Christian nationalism. Like Doug Wilson, he doesn't have a problem with swearing; it just has to be done appropriately. So they would probably argue that this would be appropriate swearing. I'm guessing. I have no idea. I don't know what the song is or whatever else. But you guys are kind of jumping into a big debate and conversation. Sure. Well, and and to bring it full circle there, so you mentioned Stories Are Soul Food podcast, and one of the hosts right, of that of podcast- that, They're of that is, stripe. Well, no, they're not even of that stripe. They're from that stripe. That's Doug Wilson's son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm like, aware. That's what he says on that one yeah, episode. Yeah. And so that, that being said, so I didn't know about the backlash of 
this guy gets a huge following and then he uses it to share the gospel and there's people upset about it. I just saw that there's this really popular song. I'm scrolling through Twitter and there's memes and things like that. And so I looked it up and I listened to it. And my first thought I had was, oh, that's a shame that there's there's some swearing in this. So I'm probably not going to listen to it. Like, okay, what, whatever I think about the style of the music or the message, that taints it. Like instantly mm-hmm. in my mind, my conscience is, no, that's not something I'm probably going to listen to. And then the next thing I see is on Twitter is here's him with this huge crowd sharing the gospel. And instantly I'm like, hmm, that seems a little uh, discord to me. Like, and, you know, say what you will about it, but it is, it is a debate. You know, I think it'd be something interesting to talk through, but uh, interesting that some of those things are happening in our culture, pop Christian pop culture uh, right now anyway. So it is interesting that Tim, that you, you brought up (laughs) Doug Wilson, because I was going to bring up, by the way, if you didn't catch what Tim was saying there, this is who's saying these things on stories or soul food. It's the son of the guy who probably doesn't care about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. He wrote Straight Edge, and yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so I, they've kind of opened this door, all right. And then people have started swearing. Hey, big surprise! Big surprise, right? You know, you yeah. do it, and mm-hmm. guess what they do, all right. And then they're they're like in that episode, they even talk about how people don't swear correctly. Is I I just find it a little bit ironic. Maybe the answer would be that we just don't swear. Um, but anyway, I do think there you, you could, go, listener. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Have, I do think I you did, just, Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go try. <laughs> yeah, I did. I do have one before we transition to the end. I do have one thought about the romance in kids books as well. Oh yeah. Go ahead. But yeah. So another series we've talked about Chronicles of Predane. There's a, a main character that his name is Taran. Hey, look at that. Right there on the, my desk. I was getting ready to read it. Book of three. The Book of Three, which I will say, I've heard from multiple listeners that when we first talked about that, and you guys could not understand that the first book in the series was <laughs> called, titled The Book of Three, that that was a humorous moment. It was. That was one of my favorite great. moments where we were like, yeah. ask, we asked you like 10 questions. We could not get it. We were so confused. <laughs> it was beautiful. Any, anyway, so there is a romance in there between the main character and then another character alan we is her name and the way that they present it is is unique and it's actually quite a struggle for the main character because he is not of royal blood which means he cannot marry this girl and he knows that and in one of the books, I oh, can't remember man. if it's, I don't remember if it's the second or third book now. I think it's the third. That's when he really struggles with this. He's like a 13, 14 year old boy. And hmm. he he really struggles in his kindness to the other male character who's kind of a doofus, but is of royal blood and is betrothed to her. And uh, I thought it was interesting. a really interesting huh. type of, introspection of the main character of him recognizing that I'm not going to marry this girl. This guy is, and I have to learn to be okay with that. And it's just really interesting kind of commentary as he deals with his own frustrations with that. And so I do think how the romance is presented and what it exalts about the character is, is worthy to note but that being said, it will stir affection in a child if you're not careful. And so um, 
yeah, man, that's, that's just a tough, like, and I was even thinking too, like some of the bigger popular series that have come out in, in the modern era, you think about Harry Potter. Well, it's in mm-hmm. all of them. That's the yeah. issue. And, okay. Yeah, so and, if you want your kids to read, they're going to run into it. So that's what I've run into. So I have to just talk about it and we do. Well, and there, and there's a, a local pastor, a friend of all of us who's spoken with me about this. Uh, not not the romance and novels, but the idea is when is it right to expose a child to questionable themes and or even some of the greatest pieces of literature that we have, like uh, 1984. Like yeah. when when do you expose a child to that or something like the Odyssey or the Iliad? Like when does a child get to that? You know, like there's death, there's gore there's romance there's really odd uh tropes of romance like uh when when is it okay to allow a child to be exposed to questionable material that's also in something that you do think is overall good and that's a a unique education idea it's a unique parenting idea and so we should maybe we should just talk about that for a full podcast at some point um but yeah I, i think it's 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 hard not to read a book like that and have a lot of things stirred. So it just it's it's always good to be careful on the romance stuff. And I come from a family that I don't think there was really any filter on <laughs> on what I read and and watched and things like that. And so I I definitely think to err on the side of caution is wise. Uh, obviously. Because you don't you don't want to place a stumbling block in front of a child that they could be uh, still struggling with years later, and so um, it's it's worth the uh, oversight as a parent for sure. I think I think I totally agree with the placing the stumbling block. I know those stumbling blocks are coming. I know that there's it's unavoidable in our culture. Sure, but I don't think that I can keep them from them always and put them in a bubble so i don't think that <clears throat> but if i can avoid them for now that's good but I, I i think the avoidance is 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 i think it has to go in line with conversing and preparing and discipling so i think if a parent and i'm not trying to judge anyone i'm just saying if all you did was restrict your children's intake of these things and you never talked about any of that stuff, I, I think you would set them up for one day discovering it on their own and then maybe not knowing how to handle it. <clears throat> but I also don't think that you need to like put them in front of a, you know, a movie with that, watch the whole thing, make them watch it and make them talk about it or something. But I, I think that, I just think you got to talk to, so you have to disciple, but Hey, we're, you know, we're doing our best then. So don't let that mind your conscience, but you know, Hey, be careful with the swearing, I suppose. Yeah. You know, I try not to swear, you know, (laughs) (laughs) anyway. So, uh, Tim, do you have a wonderful devotional for us about the words of our mouths, uh, (laughs) and not cursing (laughs) anyway? So I don't know what his devotions on, but let's have a final word from God's word here. So Proverbs chapter 30, I've been studying through recently. I'm going to read through the first, I think it's six verses. The words of Agur, son of Yakeh, the oracle. The man declares, I am weary, O God. I am weary, O God. 
and worn out. Surely I am too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. Mm. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Who, who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? Surely you know. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you, and you be found a liar. So I'm going to stop there. Um, uh, this proverb has uh, been a focus of mine of late. The first verse, if you're reading in the New King James, is very different. I prefer the ESV. Uh, there's some issue concerning the second line. Um, the words of Agur, the son of Yaqeh, his utterance. This man declared to Ithiel, to Ithiel in Dukal. And this is one of the fun things about the Old Testament and Hebrew. Is Ithiel a name or a verb? So the ESV treats it as a verb. I am weary. They translate the guy's name. I am weary, oh God, actually. Uh, whereas the Masoretic text in the New King James believe it's somebody's name, Ithiel. Oh. Uh, I, I believe the ESV is actually correct here. So the man declares, I am weary, oh God. I am weary, oh God, and worn out. That goes for the last word as well. New King James has ukal as a person's name, but... Um, the ESV translates it as a verb and worn out. So what do we have here in the first verse? We have this assertion of one's weariness. Well, what has made them weary? Why is Agur wiped out? He's weary and he pleads with God about his weariness. Then he states in verse two, surely I am too stupid to be a man. He's stupid. That's kind of a derogatory word. I don't know about you, Andy, but that's not a word that floats around our house a whole lot. No, we don't allow that. And I just want to shout out to a listener, James Peterson. This was his life verse. No kidding. Yeah, he, it, it was a humbling thing. He was like, oh yeah, this is me all the time. And well, that's when what we would doing. work, he would remind us of this. Like we'd do something dumb. We're like, yeah, we're mm -hmm. dumb. So, mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And that's what uh, Agur does. This word for stupid, it occurs back in Proverbs 12 and it's referring to the fool. It's referring to the 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 buffoon, uh, the the blockhead. I am too stupid to be a man. Really, it's more of a comparison here. Uh, surely I am more stupid than any man. As he compares himself mm -hmm. to others, he is like the stupidest of the stupid, but he's not. Yet when we really truly understand who we are, this is how we need to conclude that we really are stupid. And uh, as we had a, just a discussion on words, there's a proper use of a word. And usually our children who are five or six don't understand the word stupid and should not use it. However, as they get older, Maybe they can use it appropriately. Maybe. Okay, so it continues. I have not the understanding of a man. Then in verse 3, I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Hmm. So you have here the three verbs, understanding, yeah. wisdom, and knowledge. These are our, our trifecta throughout the book of Proverbs. You have the stupid statement at the beginning, and then you have the knowledge of the Holy One. Those two seem to be connected in verses two and three. Where is the source of true wisdom, knowledge, and understanding? The Holy One. And what is he saying? I don't know the Holy One. So guess what I am? Stupid. 
the essence of a biblical epistemology is grounded in a knowledge of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and discretion. So we have in verses 1, 2, and 3, I believe it's at the end of verse 1, this assertion of how we just don't know. And that kind of corresponds to our conversation as parents, as we seek to guide and direct our children to maturity. The goal isn't that they obey a bunch of rules. Well, there are rules to obey, but to implement the principles of God's word in the various different situations of life. Well, who is sufficient for these things? Who can do this? None of us can. Only by a knowledge of the Holy One can we truly guide and direct our children or even live our own lives that pleases in a way that pleases our great God. To prove his point that not only is Agur stupid, but his audience is stupid, he states in verse 4 with uh, what six questions, who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? The purpose of those four questions is to is to confront the, the reader, the listener, to realize, I haven't, I can't, I don't know. Only one has true knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And that's the Holy One. Then the text states, what is his name? This is a recollection of the exodus what is the name of the lord the name of the lord is manifest is brought out in the book of exodus uh, the lord's personal name he is the one that has ascended he is the one that can gather the wind in his, in his fists he can wrap the waters in a garment he can he's the one who has established the ends of the earth what is his name it's the lord it's the holy one true biblical knowledge comes from a knowledge of god the holy one what is his name and what is his son's name as New Testament believers, we want to see a reference to Jesus there in that statement. What is his son's name? But thinking through the Exodus, more likely, this is a reference to God's firstborn son. And who is the Lord's firstborn in the book of Exodus? Do you guys know? Do you guys remember? It's Israel. Remember with Pharaoh, you touch my firstborn. Guess what I'm going to do to your firstborn? I'm going to touch your firstborn. Israel is God's firstborn, through whom has God revealed himself, especially back in Proverbs 30 days, Israel. How do you get to know the Holy One? Through the Lord's Son, through Israel. That melding of Jesus the Messiah with uh, the nation of Israel is in uh, the servant songs of Isaiah. You have this conflation of the servant king, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, with the servant nation who serves as a conduit between God and man. And that's what's going on here. And then this last statement, if you know, surely, or surely, surely you know. It's like, no, you don't. You don't know. You, you, you have no knowledge either. And if you're pursuing knowledge outside of a relationship with with uh, uh God the Son, uh, well, God the Father through God the Son, you're not, you're going to get weary, just like a guru. You can't know. You're just a man. And so, what is it that he then exalts in verse five and six? Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. He doesn't turn to some kind of physical nature, knowledge, or whatever else. No, he turns to 
the word of God. And this is why as Christians, you need to get into your Bible on a regular basis. The word of God is true. This is the source of, of, uh, of, uh, of, of uh, lightness, of refreshment. This is the source of refreshment is the word of God. This is the source of comfort. Look at the description. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Even in the Old Testament, what is the exhortation to the listener? You need to take refuge in God. And then what will he do? He will be your shield. This is a, a death verse. Like at the time of death, who will you take refuge in? Well, the Lord. And what will he be to you in that day of death? He will be your shield. He will be your protector. The exhortation is to draw close to the Lord and to place your or take refuge in him. He is your savior. And then in verse six, do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. And uh, this is another exhortation just about the words of God and that you would uh, take seriously the words of God. It's not something that can be added to or taken away from. The word of God is what's true. The word of God is what's pure. It's kind of interesting. The ESV translates that verse five, every word of God proves true. I didn't catch that till just now. It's a refining word. Every mm. word of God is pure. It's like a metallurgy word. And what happens with the word of God, everything it's like purified and all the dross is out. And that's what God's word is. It's pure. And believer is, you know, you're going through whatever situation that you're going through. I pray that you would draw close to this great God. Your knowledge has to be rooted in a knowledge of the Holy One. You, you're trying to live in wisdom in this world. And maybe that's with raising your kids like we were talking about earlier. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Root it in a knowledge of God. Take a step of faith. Stay close to the Lord and his word. Draw close to his word. Ask God for wisdom. He will give it to you. And then take one step at a time. Live the life of faith. Take refuge in the Lord. Let him be your shield. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thinklings Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or potential topics that you'd like us to discuss, you can contact us through our email thinklingspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, don't let this conversation end with this podcast. Read good books, talk about them with your friends, and always continue to cultivate your mind. See you next time on the Thinklings Podcast. The Thinklings want to remind our listeners that the Thinklings Podcast is our personal production. Our conversations, book discussions, and viewpoints may not represent the views of Faith Baptist Bible College and Theological Seminary. Any questions or feedback should be directed to us at the Thinklings Podcast.